Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that connects you with other women who share your story, experiences, and goals so that you no longer have to feel like the only one like you on your team. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories, and the lessons they learned. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Assalamu alaikum. Today on Texas Sister Stories, we are super duper excited to have Sara Khan. Sara is a program manager at Amazon Web Services, where she manages MAS2 and all of its services. She especially enjoys using data to convey meaningful stories about consumer patterns, behaviors, and business operations. Thank you so much for coming on today, Sara. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So how about we start at the very beginning? How did you first get into tech? Yeah, so I have a bit of an unconventional background where I did a degree in kinesiology and then I quickly transferred. I thought my whole life would be healthcare science. Culturally, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a dentist or a doctor. And then I quickly decided that wasn't the path for me. And I did a accelerated other bachelors in business and management information sciences. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the typical computer science software development background, and I don't really work in that. I have done a little bit of work in that, but I'm now a program manager at AWS, working more toward, I feel like this is really what I was meant to do, to be honest, is just organize and figure out the business operations behind AWS. And I really got started with my first role after I graduated was with ADP. They're a large payroll provider, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest actually. And I quickly onboarded with that as a project manager, spent almost two years there. I had two kids, moved on to work with Accenture and Accenture again, they acquired quite a bit of companies, but I worked in a vendor capacity for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And from there I got recruited for Amazon. So it's a little, it's a lot to do in like three and a half years, but I'm really happy with where I am now. And I think it's a really unconventional story for most people who end up in tech. Yeah. Well, it's funny, we keep saying unconventional, but we actually have quite a lot of people in Texas sisters who do something similar, starting off in health sciences and then yeah. midway in university going, mm, I'm not feeling it. I think a lot of it has to do with just like, I don't know about you, but parental expectations, just being kind of with this mm-hmm. mindset of I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a dentist and then life happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the role model thing too, right? Like how yeah. many tech women to where Muslim did I see growing up? Not too many. I did see a lot of pharmacists, doctors, dentists. So for career driven, that's probably what our parents saw too, was if you want to be a successful woman, that's a good field to go into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're changing that. <laughs> exactly. That's why yeah. you're here. Yeah, definitely. You did had so many changes in like a very short period of time. You changed those jobs and you're in this rocket trajectory, mashallah, and you also became a mom for the first time. So how are you? balancing all of that. Yeah. So that's the best part really of what's really pushed me to work harder. I had two under two. So I have two under two. I had Irish twins. Oh, mashallah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's nice, but I, I realized how quickly like, and the problem with me and what I struggle with connecting with other women on and why I wanted to join Tech Sisters was I've noticed once women hit my age or start a family, they back down on their careers. Yeah, this is really common. Yeah, and I feel almost guilty for not doing that. Interesting. 
yeah, it's like I, I'm instead I'm trying to propel myself further and like propel my career to be more independent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that I would have that flexibility of not having to tend to them full time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, that's one thing I'm like, I need to find people <laughs> who don't feel like you're and and some, I've even heard people say you're neglecting your kids because you're taking on so much at work or you travel for work and you leave them alone and they're so small. How could you? And so honestly, like it's, it's a, no, it's I, a I interesting exactly. perspective. I don't want anyone to ever be under the impression that I, I do anything <laughs> at all besides work, which is <laughs> my main priority most of the day. It's Mashallah. not like. Yeah, everything else. It's and I have a great husband, right? And that really helps. Like I can't negate that. He also works from home. We both work from home. So it's like mm-hmm. it's really nice to have that. Who you marry, I think, is really important. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and yeah. and that's another thing that's been a really common thread with the Tech Sisters interviews for the people who are married is having a supportive husband. Because mm-hmm. it, it really limits what you're able to achieve if you have to deal with a lot of baggage at home. <laughs> right? Yeah. And cultural expectations too, right? With what your husband grew up with seeing. Yeah. He might not have seen his mom work ever. And that's going to be a huge barrier if that's the case. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Definitely. Definitely. SubhanAllah. But let's also talk a little bit more about a certain point in the career dropping off. And a big part of it is kids, but another is feeling very tired of fighting against discrimination or microaggressions or feeling that the pace of change is going very slowly. How do you feel about that side of things? You know, it's funny. I, I rarely tell people this, but I was working remote and I had my first baby right after the pandemic shut down in March. Yeah, I was thinking July. the timeline, it must have been. The pandemic yeah, <laughs> and I was so scared. I did not tell my work I was having a baby. <gasps> Oh, a surprise. Both times. Yeah, both times I showed up and at the end I was signing off and I was like, yeah, I have a one and a half year old and I have a newborn. I was just so scared that, okay, now I'm a mom. Not only that, I'm a minority mom. You didn't take your maternity <laughs> leave? No, no. Wow, wow. Yeah, my firstborn, I was in the hospital. The next day I was on my laptop. Sarah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, and like, I can't say we get great maternity leave, but yeah. it was just that fear of spoken culture around women taking time off. Mm. Even when my husband takes time off for our kids, he'll always be like, yeah, my kids are sick. I'll always be like, I, I'm so afraid to just say like, I'm taking time off for my kids because of that. Like, I'm like, they're going to be like, okay, this is her second priority, which it, it shouldn't be like that in any yeah. respect at all. SubhanAllah. And now I'm wondering if this is tying in more with like an American slash European work culture, because you can tell by my accent, I'm originally American, but I work, Mm -hmm. I live in Europe and the company I work for is remote and I have a completely opposite experience. They are very encouraging of me taking time off for the kids. I walk them to and from school and I have a time block to my calendar. Grace is doing the school run. So, you know, they're all fine with that. When the kids are have their school holidays, you know, for the spring break and Christmas break and things, I usually shift my hours. So I work more in the morning and finish up around three mm-hmm. o'clock and they're all cool with it. Yeah. I think it depends on the, the culture of the company that you're oh, going yeah, for into. Sure. For sure. And now where I'm at and I'm like speaking of minorities, 
yeah. when I was interviewing for this position, my manager is actually a South Asian woman. Interesting. And to see someone in her role in Amazon, I like, especially not so much in software development, but more in leadership. Yeah. I was like, this is like, it's almost like seeing myself in another role, which oh. that's as a Muslim woman, I've never had that. I've never worked for a woman I can identify with, whether Muslim or not, culturally or identity wise. And it's just, it's, it's a world of a difference to see that. And that's why, like, I wanted to connect more now. I'm like looking for people through like this mentorship program that I can show that I promise you'll be okay. Like as long as you have some guidance on where to go. So it's different. It's different for women. It's different for Muslim women. And the layers just keep adding on. And how things get challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this book that I've been reading called First the Few and the Only. And it's really talking about people of women of color, but it applies so much to Muslim women because as Muslim women, we have so many layers of being the only at work, right? The only woman on our team, the only woman of a certain background, the only woman who's identifiably Muslim, the only one who's not going out for drinks after work, right? layer and layer and layer. It can be a very draining experience, but I think it's also, you highlighted how important it is to stick with it and to, to continue with your career and to contribute as long as you're doing so in a way that's safe for you, because that makes such a difference for the women like you who are coming up behind. Exactly. And it's, it's almost like, I, I don't know about you, but I've grown up with like, okay, you should be a doctor because yeah. Islamically, you'll help save lives. There's so much blessing in that. Yeah. But there's really, there's a lot of good that can be done in tech too. Yeah. There's a lot of organizations that give back. There's ways you can make an impact without directly saying, yeah, I'm in a hospital setting. And I think we need to highlight that. Like, it's not just a selfish motive to get a company ahead all the time. Yes. It's really what you make of it. Absolutely. Even work itself. So there's lots of tech for good. There's lots of volunteering that you can do with your tech skills. There's lots of, so many charities need the skills that we have and can be a real benefit. Yeah. Aside from that, just, you know, being successful, having you know, successful finances and having money means that you're exactly. able to give more sadaqa, you're able to pay more zakat, you're able to help more in more meaningful ways than you could before. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the, Uma, the Uma needs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. We definitely do. Do you feel like you've had any challenges or setbacks aside from your maternity leave stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that's the hardest thing really is raising kids. Yeah. And figuring, like I did the math and I was like, okay, daycare costs this much here. And this is again, like a U.S. problem. Yeah. But this is really I, hard if you America. have and Islamically, we like to have big families culturally. So you have more than two kids. That's that's a standard income that's gone. And then you have that value <laughs> proposition. Is it really worth for the mom to work? And the first person to go is always the mom. Nobody says, yeah. yeah, is it worth for the dad to work? Like, and, and I've had that argument with my husband many times that it's it's almost like not only does he work, but there's moms do so much more. Than husbands <laughs> than fathers do and it's it's being a parent is really really hard it is. especially when you're working and it's it's so sad like even though we're both from home my kid will always wake up and it'll be like I'll be like I'm going to work now like which is my room and he'll be like no mama no <laughs> but like he doesn't do that to my husband 
Like, yes, do I know. Them. Same, same in my family. Uh, <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, it's like they're pulling at our heartstrings constantly. My son has a reputation for being just so hungry on all of my client calls, screaming in the background, Mom, <laughs> I'm starving. I'm going to die if you don't feed me. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. It's like, and, and they'll like call it out as well. Like Grace, why aren't you feeding your son? I fed him before the call. He's, he's not actually hungry. <laughs> he just needs attention. Oh man. Yep. That's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah. But one nice thing though, is with everyone working remotely, I think, I think a lot of people have gotten more patient around kids at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they can be more patient about like dogs and cats coming onto the camera. <laughs> I know, I know. That's true. But I feel like there's definitely the parenting aspect has been the hardest challenge so far in terms of working. If I was single and I was starting out in tech, I don't think I would have had as hard of a time as I am right now. But I, again, I have a good manager. I have a good team. So I'm in a good place where I am right now and that's why I want to help other people get there mashallah that's great and what do you hope for in the future in your career yeah so I'm actually speaking with my manager right now and going to the next level so in Amazon there this is my what fifth fifth or sixth week she's really helping me grow my yeah so she wants me on the next level so we're working towards getting it's called a technical program manager and ah, I think yes. I want to stay within Amazon. I love it. Like, I know some people give it a bad rap in terms of the tech world, but the team I'm on, AWS, it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. The The team usually makes more of a difference in the overall company because you can be in yes. a great company, but if the team is bad, then your experience is going to be awful. Exactly. And your manager has to be good too. Exactly. 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 It sounds like you have such a supportive one. I do really. We almost instantly connected and I'm just in awe of how big of a difference it makes to see a woman you can identify with as a manager. I've never connected with my other managers like this because I have nothing to connect on. (laughs) What am I going to say? Socially, I don't go for like typical things that I'm going to be honest, Caucasian men that have led me in the past (laughs) too. (laughs) So it's hard for me to be like, I had beer with my buddies on the week. like I didn't and so that's something we can or even just like post Ramadan what did you do this weekend uh fasted <laughs> yeah exactly and you know it was so refreshing this was my first manager who said like tell me about Eve like what oh, do you guys actually do on nice. Eve and I was like nobody's ever asked me that yeah. and so I got a like a, a minute to really explain what we do and educate and inform and that's it's those little things that really can change things for mm. you. I'm wondering, because Amazon is so huge, are there employee resource groups you have access to? Yeah, so they have, I'm forgetting, we have these little internal Amazon groups and they even had an interfaith panel oh, wow. during Amazon that was two hours Okay, where everyone was invited to really join and learn about Ramadan as a whole. AWS sent out this big, have a great Eid, like welcome all Muslims are celebrating AIDS today. So things are really moving in a positive direction. And that's because of Muslims within the organization standing up, right? Saying we need to be heard. And so it's, yeah, they're, they're on board and they really encourage that diversity. That's amazing. I'm really happy that's happening. 
Sarah, what is one thing that you are most proud of and why is it so special for you? I I spend a lot of work in my time off of work, like they're my full-time job in terms of thinking of how they're going to develop and just watching them grow into such kind and confident little kids. I almost feel like I'm reliving my childhood Mm -hmm. and that makes me really, really proud that even if I'm not there all the time, they're not lacking in any way. And then again, like you said, like having those resources to get them whatever they need, be there for them, never have them like ever be, alhamdulillah, ever deprived of anything. I think that's like, I'm so proud of being able to do that. Like I know my husband, of course, does as well, but as a woman, like being able to show them that women can do this and be part of your life. And hopefully they grow up to be good young men who find good partners and channel that through their life. Inshallah, I think it makes such a huge difference to show our sons that as women, Mm -hmm. we can still be achieving and we do work and contribute to society so that their Mm -hmm. expectations for what's normal in their relationship can be shifted as well. You know, show show our sons how to cook and how to clean. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like my two-year-old runs around with a little dustpan and he knows how to put things in the garbage and clean up after yeah, To be fair, they do do that when they're two. They're more enthusiastic. Once, <laughs> Yeah, they like being that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they stick with it. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to figure out a system eventually. You'll get there. You're a project manager, I'm sure. You can manage Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anyone can do it, yep. you can do it, mashallah. Yeah. As you were mentioning that there was a study that was pretty famous and I feel like I'm only kind of vaguely remembering it, but it, it tracked the difference between working moms and stay-at-home moms. It was something like with one hour, small amount of time, a focused, dedicated time where that mom is showing attention and showing love to the child. So you don't have mm-hmm. to spend the whole day with them attached to your hip. Just giving them a small amount of regular time where they're 100% your focus, they feel loved. And then, you know, you can go out and do other things and they can have other people come and take care of them. And it's all good. They still have that nurturing relationship and it all kind of balances out. We don't have to be there all the time. And we even have like examples from the Sira, like, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu mother, the, the children were sent away for the first couple of years of their life. So it's, it's okay. Alhamdulillah, we don't have to be there all the time. I to be agree. There. No, and I've, I've heard of that study and I, I know ah. exactly what you're referring to. It's, I think it was like 30 to 40 minutes. It wasn't even yeah, a that's full it. hour. Yeah, I was thinking of something small. Yeah. And it's, I think it's more societal expectations yeah. and a large part of what women struggle with. But knowing too, especially as a woman in tech, knowing that me going away to have my own identity makes me a better mother yeah. for these mm-hmm. kids. Otherwise, I would be pulling my hair out because I would be resentful yeah. that I'm I'm having to leave my career behind for you guys. And uh, alhamdulillah, I do acknowledge I'm in a very privileged situation to be able to make this decision. And not everyone is. Like, I understand that. So uh, coming from that perspective, I know not everyone has that choice. But just knowing that there is value when you make that argument that some some women do need that to be part of their identity and some don't. And it's all it's but all if fine. you do, that makes you better. Yeah. Yeah, it's whatever path Allah put you on. That's really what it comes down to. And if you do your best and you treat your kids like an amana, like they are, then it's all going to balance out, inshallah. 
Sarah, what's something that in your journey, so it could be career or otherwise, that you regret or you wish that you did differently? Sometimes I wish I hadn't done my first degree <laughs> in healthcare and I had gone straight into tech. Um, I do yeah. because I would have saved so much time and money, but you know what? Allah had that written for me and I did learn a lot along the way. And so I can't say I didn't need it, but it would have been nice knowing that tech is a field that I could go straight into. And that's what I want. I tried guiding people who, who are undecided at that point in high school with the guidance that I didn't have, especially girls, knowing that, okay, like a lot of responses I get is I'm not good at coding. You don't have to be. I don't even need coding for my day-to-day -day job right now. I don't need it at all. In fact, what I do mostly is just write documents and emails, <laughs> lots of emails. And it's just being a good communicator. And some people are, are good at that and they should definitely tap into that skill. But there's just this misconception of what tech is and what you need to get started. And I, honestly, the biggest thing you need is confidence. Really, once you're confident enough, you can you can do anything. Definitely. And that confidence comes from seeing it. Once you see it, then you can achieve it, right? You have to exactly. see people who are doing this. So if if young Sarah had seen someone like you, then that would have made a huge difference, I think, right? A massive difference. Yeah. That would have probably changed my life. I think I wouldn't have stressed as much. Subhanallah, <laughs> <laughs> because that's such a difficult position when you're a student and you have to like figure out your life and like I don't know <laughs> yeah it's, I really feel for them now looking back yeah. I'm like whoa I don't miss that <laughs> uh -oh. yeah and it's hard like with the the mentees as well because it's, it's such a common question and it's sort of like well you know, just try your best and Allah will sort things out really in the end because once you have enough of a time frame it all works out <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in the middle yeah. of it, it's it's quite stressful. Yeah, yeah it's so tough hearing that when you're yeah, you're in you it. You can't hear it. Like that's the last thing you yeah. want to hear. <laughs> it's gonna work out. They're like, but it's not right now. Yeah. So it's funny, like as you get older, you start giving the advice that you thought was annoying when you were young. <laughs> Eventually we all become our mother yeah. in one, in one way. way or another. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Mashallah. And the last question that I have for you tonight, Sarah is what is something or someone in your journey that you feel grateful for? I, I would say my mom. Yeah. So my mom, I went to Islamic school growing up. Mm. My mom is a principal of an Islamic oh, wow. school now yeah, in Canada. Mm. And so she pulled me out of public school to put me to Islamic school. And I, at the time I suffered academically, mm. but and in high school, I had a really hard time and then going to university. And I used to be so upset. I was like, if I stayed in public school ac academically, I would be a doctor by now. And like, that was my end goal. I was like, I would have been like the biggest doctor. I would have done so well. And then going forward, alhamdulillah, career-wise, I look back and I'm like, I'm 27 and I'm at Amazon. My mom put her beliefs in the right place. Mm -hmm. She knew that this girl needs a good Islamic foundation. And she even says it to me today, like she's my best friend. Oh. She'll say it all the time that you have the foundations and the spiritual guidance that every day gets you through these things. Like you have to have thoughtful to know that if I have a hard day, it won't always be like yes. this. Knowing that when you interview for these places, maybe I won't get it somewhere, but I'll get it somewhere else. Not crumbling and giving that support is really the foundation that our faith gives us. And it's really hard to have that. It's very hard. 
And that's such a blessing that she's provided me with. That like her and Allah, but what made me like decisions and just the support that I, I could do it otherwise. SubhanAllah, that's so beautiful. And I love how you're saying that that firm foundation of tawakul. When things get hard, we fall back on what we know. And if that foundation is shaky, then we just exactly. go to pieces. SubhanAllah. That's perfect. Allah bless your mother <laughs> for giving that to you. It's wonderful. Such a blessing. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Sara, is there anything else that we didn't cover or any last words of advice that you'd like to give? My LinkedIn is open. If you're listening to this, you can always reach out to me. I'm constantly referring people internally. Our AWS is always hiring. I'm more than happy to help through. I know it's a very thorough and hard interview process, but I've gone through it. So always, always reach out to me. I'm just a ping away. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. And I really, really thank enjoyed you this. for having me. Yeah. And thank you again for taking your time to listen to Sarah's story today. If you've liked this episode or if you like anything that we're doing at Tech Sisters, please consider following us and leaving a review or, or sharing our content with your community. Anything like that really helps us to grow and reach more women who would benefit from the stories that we're putting out. And if you are a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and join our community. You can reach the membership form on our website at tech-sisters.com. It's always going to be free. And the Slack is really fun and supportive. You can ask your questions and get help in there. And it's great. That's all for me. And I'll see you next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.